0: Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 1 through to 4 is a paragraph that I draw your attention to tonight, especially verses 1 through to 3. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? How shall we escape? It says there in verse 3, if we neglect the great salvation, how shall we escape? I ask you a question tonight. It is this, would you have liked to have lived in Old Testament times? Would you have liked to have lived in that old ancient dispensation? Where so many great and mighty things happened and took place? Or are you just very content in this age? In your little humble congregation here in Guildford tonight. Which is it? Would you like to be a Hebrew coming out of Egypt? Would you like to have seen all those plagues? The mighty power of God displayed in so many ways. Would you like to have been brought across the Red Sea? By the mighty power of God, would you have liked to have been at Sinai and seen the great sight of God descending and all the angels and the mountains quaking and the fire and the earthquake? Would you have liked to have been present at the giving of the law? Would you like to have been in the tents in the wilderness, marching through the wilderness and seeing the fiery pillar and the cloud and the glory of God? Would you have liked to cross the Jordan? And marched around Jericho. And had that great rejoicing when the walls fell. And the city was taken. And the people went in to inherit the promised land. Would you have loved to be in the age of angels appearing. So often and so frequently. Those mighty beings. That God so often sent. To deliver his people. And to convey his message. On the saints. And I could go on and on. Through the Old Testament. Would you like to have been in that age. Where all was so visible. Where all was so powerful. Where all was so dramatic. The age of angels it was awesome what have we today just our little meeting Christian ministry our little church week after week and very often little seems to happen are you content do you realize what you have in your little meeting do you realize what you possess here Christians, you should be content. You should be rejoicing. You have something great. Something greater than any of the Old Testament saints. So be content. Don't be a drifter. So let me repeat the question then. Would you like to have lived in Old Testament times? Are you very happy to be in this age? Are you happy just to have your Bible and the Christian ministry? Or would you like the drama of the old dispensation? Well, as Christians, there's no difficulty in answering that question. For the simple reason, congregation, we are in the age of fulfillment, the age of completion, the age where we have the full gospel, the full revelation. We have all in Christ, not in the age of preparation. We're in gospel days. We're not in the age of promise. But in the age of the great completion and the fulfillment. We have the full orb gospel. Not in the age of shadows and types. But in the age of substance. We're not in the age of the dawning of the day. When it's still darkness and still shadows. We're in the age of light. The full light. The gospel light. For the light has come. Because the son of God has come. He's arisen and he's shone upon us. And we're in the full day light. Of the gospel sun. We're in that age. We're in that day. He is the light. Of the world. And he has not merely predicted. As in the old age. But he has come. And at the right hand of God the father. He sits. And he shines upon us. That's the age we're in. And that's far better. Far better. As the Lord Jesus Christ said, whenever he came with the kingdom at his incarnation and first advent, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, many prophets and many righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. So we are blessed because we're in the age of grace, in the age of Christ, at the right hand of the power on high. We're blessed because we're hearing better things. The Old Testament saints never heard what we are hearing tonight he says there in verse 1 that we looked at last week we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip and then he gives an argument here he gives a reason why we ought to be careful listeners and be content to be careful of listeners in this gospel age he gives a reason and then We have not only the Old Testament. That's the reason we don't only have the Old Testament. We have the New Testament too. That's basically what he's saying. In verse 2. You have the Old Testament. The word spoken by angels was steadfast. Every transgression and every disobedience received the just recompense of reward. He's referring to the giving of the law. He's referring to the Old Testament dispensation. He's referring to that age when God came down and through in angelic instrumentality, conveyed the law of God onto Moses. And there were angels came time and time again bringing messengers, bringing visions to the prophets. That was the old way of speaking to the prophets. Along with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And all these different manners and means of communicating the word in the old dispensation. So we have the old. But we also have the new. Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord. And was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. So that's the New Testament. In verse 3. The Old Testament in verse 2. But now we especially have the New Testament. Which was spoken by the Son of God. By the Lord himself. So between the new and the old. There's this parallel. There's the former. There's the ladder. And how shall we escape? Is at the center of that. And that's you and me. The age that we're now in. We're in the age of salvation. The age of grace. And we have the Trinity. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They're mentioned. The apostolic witness. We've all of this. And either side of this. How shall we escape? There's a similar word. It is the word spoken. There's the old speaking, verse 2, the word spoken by angels. And then there's the new speaking in verse 3. that first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by the apostles. So we have both testaments. We have the whole with the full gospel. We're so blessed. Paul is setting this up because why would you want to go back to the temple? Why would you want to go back to the Old Testament ritual? Why would you go back to all the dress of the priests and the high priest? Why would you want to go back to the incense and all of that? Why would you want to drift from the simplicity of the gospel? Why would you be discontent with your little New Testament congregation? Why would you want to go back to all of the drama? Because now you're in Christ. You have the Son of God. You're complete You're not in the the old. You're not in the wilderness. You're not in Israel. You're not in the temple. You're in Christ. You're in the age of completion. You're in the Savior. You have it all. And therefore you ought to give every week. Earnest heed. To the gospel ministry that you have. And to rejoice in Jesus Christ. And to be content. And not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. As the manner of some is. This is what he's trying to set across. Don't neglect the gospel. Don't be discontent with it. Don't drift from it. As if it's something insignificant and trivial. Don't have this urge in you to go back to the old. And it's drama. Just keep on believing in Christ. You have the son of God. You need nothing more. Now in this portion. Verses 1 to 4. It's very like the verses 1 to 4 in the first chapter. There's a parallel there. And this parallel is constant throughout Hebrews. The parallel between the old and the new. Between the former and the latter. And the new is always better. In fact that's one of the apostles favorite words. Better. He's always using that word time and time again. He's already used it in chapter 1 verse 4. Christ better than the angels. In verse, chapter 7 verse 22. Jesus was made surety of a, a better testament. And then we have better promises. And Christ's blood. The blood of sprinkling, Speaks better things. Than that of Abel. On other occasions as well. We have the better. We have the best. And we shouldn't drift away from it. So we're in the age of the better. That's what the apostle is saying. So don't drift Don't let things slip. Give attention. Attend to the gospel with all its simplicity. Because you don't need anything more. That's what he's saying. So we have. The full orb gospel of Jesus Christ. And people despise that. The Old Testament. The New Testament. We have a table here. We have a baptismal font. We have. You know. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Nothing dramatic. Where's the drama in all of that? It doesn't have the drama of the old. It doesn't have the glorious temple. It doesn't have the trumpets and the cornets and the cymbals and, and the incense. It doesn't have the angels and the cherubim. It doesn't have those grand dresses of the high priest and the bells tingling. It doesn't have any of that drama. It doesn't have the smells. It doesn't have the colors. It doesn't have the noises. We just have a table and a Bible. But don't be discontent. Because we're in the age of the better. And don't let that simplicity confound you. You're in Christ. The Son of God has come. It's all been fulfilled. You're in the last days. There's nothing more to be given to us until Christ comes and we enter into the full blessing of the grace of God. So we're in the last days, brethren and sisters, in the eschatas. That's what the apostle is saying here. We're not in the drama of the Old Testament, but we have the drama of the Son of God. The drama of Calvary. The drama of his resurrection from the dead. The drama of his ascension. And the living ongoing drama of him being at the right hand of the Father. And we have full access into that presence. That's our drama. And that's far better than all the drama of the Old Testament. Access onto Christ. Let us come boldly onto the throne of grace. So keep on believing, keep on praying, don't drift, keep on pleading in Christ's name, keep on being content with the things that you have in your little church, with your Bible and with the Lord's Supper, with the fellowship of the humble saints in the Christian congregation, and don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Don't give up attendance upon Christian things with all their simplicity. Don't neglect this. Great salvation that's been granted to us. This is what the apostle is saying. He's talking to Christians. He's not talking to the heathen outside there when he says, how shall we escape? He's talking to Christians. We. He's even including himself. We. Us. So don't despise the humble and simple. Be content that you're in Christ. And continue to be faithful to him. Unto the word of God. And as I said, these verses parallel the opening of the epistle in chapter 1. In chapter 1, verses 1 through to 4, in verse one you have the old, God who had sundry times and in divers manner, spake in time past, unto the fathers by the prophets. That's the old. And then in verse 2 you have the new, hath in these last days, we're in the last days now, we're not waiting for the last days to come, There's nothing more. We're in the last days now. The Son of God came. Whenever the Son of God came, that was the commencement of the last days. We're in the eschatos now. We have the completion now. We have the fullness in Christ now. There's nothing better than our Savior being at the right hand of God the Father. There's nothing better than that. We have it all. And we can go on to the Father through Christ now and at any time. The Son has come. So, Old Testament, New Testament, they're both authoritative, they're both true, but the new is superior, the new is better, because the new is fulfillment, the old is promise, the old is shadow, the same God, the same revelation, but now we have the former and the latter, the first and the last. Because we have the Son of God, and who is the Son of God? Well, the Apostle has shown us that In verses 3 down to the end of chapter 1. He's the brightness of the Father's glory. The express image of his person. He made all things. He's purged our sins. He took them all away. He's purified us by his blood. He sat down on the right hand of the majesty and high. There's no higher place for him. He's better than the angels. Angels worship him. He sends angels out to help us. That's what we have. You can't get it any better than that. So don't drift from the gospel. Don't be discontent. Don't be looking at something else, some other drama, something that will give you a kick. There's nothing to give you a kick and a boost more than Jesus Christ and his glorious gospel. You're in Christ. You can't get in any better place than that. In Christ. So we're privileged and we're blessed Because we have eyes that see. We have both testaments. We have the whole revelation. We see more than anyone ever saw before. We have it all. We hear what Old Testament saints never heard. We're so blessed. Blessed are your eyes, the Lord said. We're like old Simeon. You remember old Simeon? He could take the Christ child up in his hands and he says, now let me depart in peace for my eyes have seen thy salvation. We hold the Christ child. We hold more than the Christ child. We hold Christ crucified. We hold Christ risen. We hold Christ ascended. We hold Christ at the right hand of the Father. We have more than any of them ever had. So don't neglect that. Don't despise that. Don't be drifting from that. Don't be discontent with that. Rejoice in that. And continue in that. Faithful. God has shone in our hearts. With all his glorious gospel light. Now these great and rich blessings of being in Christ. Carry responsibility. That's the thing. And that's what the apostle is reminding us of in our text. We we can't let these things slip. Because we have something that gives us a greater responsibility even than the Old Testament seems. We have something more therefore we have a greater responsibility even a greater accountability because we have so much more. So much more light. And that's why he says if in the old dispensation the word spoken by angels was steadfast every sin, every transgression received the just recompense of reward how shall we escape? who've heard the Lord speaking to us, who have been giving the apostolic witness and the full gospel, how shall we escape? If they didn't escape in the old, how are we going to escape in the new? If we have the same sins, the same idolatry, the same iniquity, the same drifting from God, how are we going to escape? This is what the apostle is saying. You see, in the old age, those who trespassed against the old, who sinned against the old, they didn't escape retribution. In the age of angels, if the people of God transgressed, they didn't escape. They didn't escape. And that's all throughout the Old Testament. Everywhere you, you read it in the Old Testament, God gave them the law and his word, and if they turned from it, they were chastened. They were judged. And often they did turn from the word. Often they did neglect it. They turned away from the speaking God. And they didn't escape. I think perhaps the apostle may even have Hosea 8 and 9 when he says this passage. Hosea 8, I have written to him the good things of my law. But they were counted as a strange thing. They didn't love God's word. They didn't attend to it the way that they ought. They despised it. It was foreign to them. They didn't want to know it. The response to the old oftentimes was not good by the people of God. They hated instruction. They cast God's word behind their back. Nehemiah reminds us, That the Lord he came down on Sinai. He spake from heaven. He gave them judgments and true laws and good statutes. He made known unto them the holy Sabbath. He commanded them precepts, statutes and laws. By the hand of Moses. Nevertheless. They were disobedient. And they rebelled against thee. They cast thy law behind their backs. And slew thy prophets which testified against them. To turn them to thee. And they wrought great provocations against God. And God chastened them. They didn't escape. They didn't escape. They made molten gods. You remember at the foot of Sinai, they just received the Lord, just received the, the word of the Lord and the commandments and the presence of God. And Moses was already up there and Moses had this, God had to say to Moses, go down there. They've made idols. They've turned to gods. They've made a molten calf. And they're worshipping idols. It's a stiff necked people. And there was a judgment that followed that. And 3,000 men were slain. And then you remember we studied in Leviticus. We saw Nadab and Abihu. And what did Nadab and Abihu do? They offered strange incense unto God. They offered strange fire. And they sinned against the Lord. And they... Cast his word behind their back, their, their back. And they just did whatever they thought they could ever do themselves. Without any regard for God's word. And what does the Bible say? They went out far from the Lord and consumed them. They didn't escape. And then you remember the, the rebellious sons of Korah. And what happened Them, The earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up. And the houses and the men and all that app- app- appertained to the men went down into the pit. Alive into the pit, into the depths, into the darkness, into death. And then others who came out far from God and consumed those who had the incense. The 250 men. They didn't escape. And then what befell them in the wilderness? And Paul goes on to expand on this later on in in later chapters of Hebrews. In unbelief they fell in the wilderness. They didn't trust God. They didn't believe his word. They sinned again and again and they fell in the wilderness in unbelief. They didn't escape. A whole generation perished in unbelief. They couldn't believe they were faithless and they perished in the wilderness. And Paul recounts this in in our reading there tonight in 1 Corinthians 10. With many of them God was not well pleased and they were overthrown in the wilderness. They didn't escape. And whenever they were in the land. And settled within the land. Was it any different? No. Their hearts turned against God. They, they turned to idols. We have the testimony again and again. They turned to idols. And God delivered them over to their enemies. And then they repented. And God raised them up judges. But it's the same story. They, they rebelled. They turned from God. And they didn't escape. He sent the Moabites. He sent the enemies at different times. The Philistines. But didn't escape. And you remember Uzzah? God doesn't want us to forget Uzzah. What did he do? He put forth his hand to touch the ark of God. Thought he could help things. And he touched the ark of God. Whenever it looked like it was going to fall. And the Lord smote him. He didn't escape. That's just in the old dispensation. And on and on we could go. And Israel rebelled again and had idols. And the Assyrians came and took away the northern kingdom. And then to the southern kingdom Babylon came and took away all the people of God into exile. They didn't escape. Now you see what the apostle is saying. Every transgression in that age of angels received a just retribution. How shall we escape if we don't give the attention that the gospel deserves, which was spoken by the Lord Jesus, which was confirmed by the apostolic witness, and by God himself through the Holy Spirit, giving the great miracles that were wrought to confirm the gospel? How shall we escape if we neglect that? That revelation of the Son of God. We who are in the eschatos. We who are in the last days. We who are in the age of fulfillment. We who are in the age of the light of the gospel. We who are in the age when our king king priest. Is at the right hand of the Father. We who have full entrance into the presence of God. How shall we escape? If we have the same attitude. The same unbelief. The same rebellion, the same stubbornness, the same murmuring as those Old Testament saints. This is what the apostle is saying. How shall we escape? He's speaking to the Christian church. We who have heaven opened, we who have the great salvation, how shall we escape? Is our unbelief and neglect and our sinning less than the old people of God in the Old Testament or is it greater? Surely it's greater. Because it's greater light. And this is what the apostle is saying. Sinning against the gospel is even greater than sinning against the law. And the apostle is repeating this again and again throughout his epistle. Let us fear, he says. Does this mean that true Christians can go to hell No, it doesn't mean that. But it does mean that false professors can. It means that. It does mean that unbelievers can. It does mean that those who reject and abandon Jesus Christ and turn away from the gospel, it means that they can. True Christians will keep on repenting. True Christians will keep on believing and trusting in Christ. And it does mean that true believers, even true believers, even the true church will be chastened if they are faithless. They'll not escape chastening. The Lord can't let us escape, brethren and sisters. Because judgment comes to God's house. In fact, doesn't the Bible say it begins there? It has to begin there because we have God in the midst of us we have access into the presence of God we are around the throne of God and when God the righteous judge begins to judge he begins to judge around those who are nearest to him so it does begin at the house of God it's real chastening read those letters to the seven churches and it's all made clear I'll take away your candlestick there's none escape The Lord doesn't let any escape if they neglect the great salvation. If they don't give it the attention that it deserves and ought to have. How shall we escape? Are we not deserving of punishment even more if we sin against the gospel? Indeed we are. But as Christians... We must continue faithful in Christ. We must continue in Christ. We must abide in Christ. We must keep on believing in Christ. We must cling to Christ. We must hope in Christ. We must not allow ourselves to drift from Christ. So let us keep on believing. This is what the Apostle is saying. Keep on confessing our sins. Keep on repenting of our sins. Keep on coming to the Father through Jesus Christ. Keep on coming to the... Throne of grace. Keep on coming to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than Abel. Keep on availing ourselves of this once for all sacrifice of Christ. Keep on using our priests. Not turning to something else. Not leaving him and to go back to some old drama. No, keep on believing in your priest. Keep on clinging to your Savior. Keep on trusting in the Son of God. Don't forsake him. Don't forsake the gospel. Don't forsake the assembly of the saints. Don't in any way live like a heathen. Be a faithful Christian. So that's what Paul is saying here. In this word. And those of us that are belonging to the Lord. We have no problems with this. Warning. It encourages us. It prods us on. That we will keep on believing. We will keep on trusting. We will not desert our Lord. We could never turn away. We're like Peter. Whenever some of the disciples did go. Peter says Lord to whom can we go. There's no one else. With no intention of leaving you. With no intention. And so people of God. Continue in that attitude. Don't be negligent. Of your Redeemer and Savior. And of All that you have in him. But cherish it all. Love it all. Love your Christian ministry. And love your Christian church. And love your brethren and sisters. And love your Lord's table. The Lord's supper. And love the baptismal font that you have. With all its simplicity. Love it all. And show yourselves faithful. To Jesus Christ. And those of you who are not saved, if it has to be told to the saints, how how shall we escape? What about you who are out of Christ? Who have no hope, no refuge, who who never go to the throne of grace, who don't know what it is to use the high priest at all, who have no blood of sprinkling to approach on who have no washing and purifying in his cross work. How shall you escape? You won't. And your judgment will not just be the chastening of children. It will be the scourging and the damnation of sinners. And so you need to come to Jesus Christ and not any longer reject this great gospel but embrace it and receive that blessed Son of God the Savior and Lord Jesus Christ.